check. Welcome all. It's another beautiful morning for our 1C family to gather together so we can worship the Lord. Today we get to learn about God's the power of God's gift, the Holy Spirit. So let us open our hearts so we can hear the Lord's message and worship together. behind 
with me. Lord God, we thank you so much for this day. And Lord, when we stand in your love, fear cannot stay. Where perfect love is, it casts out fear. And we this morning just claim that truth, even if it's hard to believe or hard to fit in our circumstance. I just pray, Lord, that your love would overcome and it would cast out fear and we would choose to focus on your perfect love. And Lord, in your perfect love, then we can know fullness. I feel so often like I'm grasping for something to make me feel happy or to make me feel complete. And Lord, I just know it is only in your love that we can feel fullness. And we want to step into that this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, that your fullness would come over every home, every person within ears reach, Lord that we would feel your fullness, Father, and learn and know that it is only in you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Fullness of eternal promise Stirring in your sons and daughters Earth revealing heaven's wonders Spirit come, Spirit come What you spoke is now Now the world 
Scriptures tell us from Isaiah, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. As Isaiah is uh, sharing these words of encouragement to us, uh, it's pretty humbling to realize that we're not very good at waiting or at least waiting on the Lord. And I think it would be good for you and me at this time, at this place, to go to our Lord humbly confessing that sin and then turning to him for forgiveness and restoration. Let's pray. Oh, good and gracious God, we come before you this day, this moment, and we confess to you that we're not good at waiting, we're not good at looking to you. We go our own way, we do our own thing. And so often we are impatient. And so often it shows our lack of trust in you. So as we lay this sin before you, we are also looking to you to grant us forgiveness, to restore us again into this relationship with you, And that you would then give us your Holy Spirit to give us the faith to renew us so that as we live our life on this earth, we do so in a way that would honor you, glorify you, and also be a witness to others of who you are and what you've done. So thank you again for that grace and that mercy. Uh, Thank you for all that you have done through Jesus, who is our Lord, our Savior, our friend. Amen. And I pray that you, you know that truth. 
And that as we turn to him, as we look to him, we would be reminded that sin is taken care of completely and totally through Jesus. And through him and through him alone, we are now empowered to go beyond here. Amen. A couple quick announcements as we move forward in worship. Don't forget, if you have any prayer requests, you could let those prayer requests be known. You can text your prayer to 402-242-5051. And then uh, we'll get that and we'll be able to put it into our time of prayer today. You can also, if you're on Facebook Live, you can uh, just type in your prayer requests and people are monitoring that right now. And don't forget also, as God has blessed each and every one of us with one gift, one blessing after another, he does take great delight when we say thank you. And one of the ways in which we could say thank you is the giving of our tithes and offerings. And, you know, we've made it uh, somewhat easy as you can uh, text to give. You can go online to our website and give. You can even go to our church center app. There's a place for you to be able to give. And we just ask that you would prayerfully consider what God is leading you to, to do and to say regarding your thanksgiving and whatever gifts God is moving you to give. So may God be glorified as we continue to worship him today and each day. Amen.
Good morning, boys and girls. Today we are talking about waiting. And we know a lot about waiting right now, don't we? We might be waiting for things to get back to normal or waiting until you can get together with friends again. You know what? Jesus talked a lot about waiting also. He had told his disciples to go throughout the world to share the good news of him with others. But first, he said to wait. Wait? Why would they wait? They had to wait for the Holy Spirit because you need the Holy Spirit of God in order to do the work of God. And that makes me think of swinging on a swing set. Maybe you know how to swing or maybe you're learning how to swing. Well, I remember teaching Grayson and Romy, my kids, how to swing on a swing set and how you have to wait for just the right time to lean back and to kick your feet forward and then wait to lean forward and kick your feet back because you have to wait for just the right time. Well, let's go outside and see what this looks like. When you're swinging, you wanna lean back and kick your feet forward and then wait until you've swung all the way to lean forward and kick your feet back. When you're in this rhythm, waiting for just the right time to lean back and kick your feet forward, it doesn't take a lot of strength to keep going. Swinging on a swing is a lot of fun, isn't it? And it's great that you don't have to be big and strong to do it. In John chapter 15, Jesus tells us that he is the vine and we are the branches. If we rest in him, we can bear much fruit or do the work that he has for us. But apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. So Jesus says that to do the work that he has for him, we have to rest in him. Be able to do the work that Jesus calls us to do, we need to keep swinging back and forth like a swing. We swing back to rest with Jesus and then wait for his timing so that we can swing forward into, into doing the work that he wants us to do. Back and forth like a swing. If we wait and work with this swinging, it goes smoothly. But if we don't, if we try to do it in our own timing, it's like fighting against God's movement. It doesn't work very well. If when we're swinging, we try to swing forward when we're swinging back, or swing back when we're swinging forward, it doesn't go very well. It actually kind of looks like this. That doesn't work very well, does it, boys and girls? No, we want to wait and rest and work with Jesus in his timing. Well, let's go ahead and close in prayer, and I'll wait for you to repeat after me. But first, fold your hands and bow your heads. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for sending your Holy Spirit and for giving us time to rest and wait. Thank you for letting us work with you we love you, Jesus. Amen. All right, boys and girls, when you go outside and play on your swing set, remember to wait for Jesus and his timing. I have to admit, um, I, watching him swing incorrectly is an image that is blazoned on my, my mind right now.
The only thing better is if I would have seen him kind of fall off the swing, that maybe would be even better. But uh, thank you, Greg, for those words of encouragement. Uh, we continue our journey. We're talking about um, never alone, never alone. And we continue our Easter celebration. I know we're several weeks out, but we keep remembering the resurrection of Christ and all that it means for us today and tomorrow and forever. And one thing that we've been doing is looking at what's called the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. And uh, here are some of the themes that we've talked about. When Jesus uh, showed up again in the life of his disciples and followers, he dealt with things like doubt and vision and trust and failure. And now we, we make our move and we're going to take a look at this resurrection of Jesus, his presence and his power as we deal with waiting. And uh, waiting isn't always easy. But I want to give you a roadmap before we jump into today's theme of where we're going to go uh, in the next couple weeks and actually next couple months. So next week, we're going to be taking a look at unity. It was one of the prayers we have recorded in Jesus from John 17. He prayed for unity because he knew that it would affect the gospel proclamation. And so as he's getting ready to ascend up into heaven, he is calling his followers together because unity is really important. And then the week after that, we're going to get together and we're going to take a look at Pentecost. It is the birthday of the church. It is where the power of the Holy Spirit came upon those first followers in a very remarkable way, and it gave them the power to do what they were called to do. And just a um, kind of a sidelight with that, May 31st, that's Pentecost, that's the birthday of the church, is the day that we are anticipating having uh, in-person live worship. And more details will be coming your way soon, but we'll, we'll get to that. After we get past May 31st, when we go into June and beyond, we're going to take a look at the book of Acts. I've been thinking about how this COVID-19 and us not being able to meet and how the church has been scattered and yet still together, it reminded me of the first followers. It reminded me of what it was like for them to be in homes, not at a church, and how God kept doing his work and working in his people and how the good news went out. And so the series is entitled Spirit Driven, and we're going to look at that. But we're back now to the theme. And I'd like to invite Randy uh, Longacre to come on up here, if you would. Have a seat. And uh, Randy and his wife, Jaina, moved to Columbus back in, I think, in October, in the fall, mm -hmm. and came from Arizona. And uh, I've known Randy and Jaina for eight, nine years, mm -hmm. and uh, just very blessed to have them here in ministry. God has been working on Randy's heart for some time in the area of uh, serving as a pastor. And so after much prayer and after going through the church, we, we voted on this, uh, he went and applied to the seminary and to the district and, and he has started his SMP. And you're wondering, what is SMP? Specific Ministry Pastor. And he's going to work in the area of outreach and uh, getting the good news of Jesus out into our community. So I asked him to come here and give us a little background because we're going to go into the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. And Luke is the person God used to write that book. So 
I'm going to ask you, if you would, kind of take us on a journey a little bit and explain who this Luke guy is. Thank you very much. I will do that. And good morning, church, far flung everywhere. So three quick slides to kind of unpack a little bit about features about St. Luke, Dr. Luke, um, that will help us understand his purpose for writing the gospel that bears his name and the Acts of the Apostles. So this first slide up here, Luke 1, verse 1. Many have undertaken to compile a narrative about the events that have been fulfilled among us. Well, here is one of, here's the first feature I wanted to, to um, put up here on this slide this morning, that Luke is thorough in his telling of Jesus' story and in his telling of the story of the early church. It's really remarkable that he could even do this because Luke was not around. He was not an eyewitness to Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection. He was an eyewitness because he was with Paul and Peter where they were preaching. He watched a lot of that activity go on and what the Spirit was doing there. He was around when a lot of those churches were first being assembled and brought together. And it's while he was in those different locations that he did the work of, of an investigative reporter, of a historian. He would find those who Jesus knew. He would find those people who had bumped into Jesus, and he would interview them. He would talk to eyewitnesses. He would, he would gather the oral, oral traditions. He would look at any evidence that was out there that he could find. And from this investigative work, he took lots of notes, he collected lots of data, and he began to build this account of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. And he told the story of the beginnings of the church in the book of Acts. The second slide is a feature of Luke is careful to place the facts in order. Acts chapter 1, 1 and 2. I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up, after he had given orders through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. Many of you probably already know that Luke was educated and trained as a doctor. Um, as a doctor then, he would be, some of his tools would be things like attention to detail and close observation and Accuracy. These are things he worked with day in and day out. And as a writer, as one of the church's earliest historians, this methodical, detailed writing gave us important facts, oftentimes that are not found in the other Gospels. For example, Luke gives us the only thorough record of what happened after Jesus ascended to heaven. And without this account given in Acts, it would be hard to imagine how Christianity grew from this small, fragile movement within Judaism to what eventually would become the largest religion in the world. Luke traveled with Paul. He sees firsthand what is happening in the places where Paul's at, the Spirit's impact on Paul's ministry, all these dramatic events that the Spirit is doing. And he's, again, he's taking meticulous notes on all of this so that he can write an account of what he has witnessed. In this third slide, Luke desires to educate Christians, Luke 1, 3, and 4. It also seemed good to me, since I have carefully investigated everything from the very first, to write to you in an orderly sequence, most honorable Theophilus, 
so that you may know the certainty of the things about which you have been instructed. Luke gives many examples, many episodes from Jesus' life that aren't found in the other Gospels. They're, they're a unique account. And this uniqueness comes oftentimes from his inclusion of Jesus' parables and events that feature individuals who are placed on the margins of society. People like women and the poor and people who would be considered the trash of society. These people find a significant place in Luke's portrayal of Jesus. Luke sees the crucifixion and the resurrection as ushering in a second exodus. An exodus from all forms of slavery that sin and evil use to bind the human spirit. This second exodus excites Luke. It inspires him to include these kinds of personalities and these events and these stories because they point to the vastness of humanity that Jesus will set free on Golgotha. So here are three, three little features. There are more, but these are about Luke, and I hope that they offer a little bit of insight to you as to his writing of the gospel and his writing of the Acts of the Apostles. Thank you, Randy, for setting the tone, not just for today and the message, but also as we move forward, as we take a look at the ascension, the uh, Pentecost, the giving of the Holy Spirit, and then how the Holy Spirit works. Now, we're going to continue, and I'm going to bring you just to uh, verses 4 and 5 here, and it goes like this. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. And here's where I want to get up and, and make an emphasis because I don't like the word wait. I don't know about you, but when I am at a stoplight and it's red, I don't like waiting. When I am at a stoplight and it's green and the car in front of me doesn't want to go, I don't like waiting. If I'm at the grocery store and I'm in the line, and we'll just say it's one of those 15 items or less things, and I'm looking in the cart and I'm counting how many items they have in their cart, and I'm also wondering how fast and efficient the checkout person is. I don't like waiting. I don't like waiting when it comes to being in the doctor's office and sitting there and watching people who came in after me go before me. I don't like waiting. I didn't even like waiting when my kids were little and they were learning how to tie their shoes, having to sit there and wait because I know that eventually they need to learn how to tie their shoes. And if I kept doing it, you know, it'd create a bigger problem. I didn't like waiting. I don't like waiting for my wife. She's laughing right now because she knows. Her view of time is different than mine. That's all I'm going to say. And I don't like waiting. But here's the thing. The waiting that the apostles were doing, this is a whole different thing. Much more significant than tying shoes or a grocery line. They were waiting for something. And here's where I, 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 I can't even imagine the emotion inside. They're told to go and make disciples, and then, in essence, Jesus says, well, just wait, though. Wait for the Holy Spirit. And I just don't know, you know, that tension inside of it. But, you know, let's go back here. So, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And not many days from now. So something's going to happen. 
they're going to experience something very powerful. In fact, when we go to verse 8, it says, uh, Jesus says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, I don't know what you think about the word power. In the original language, the word is dunamis. And it's much different than what our concept is. You know, growing up, I'd watch uh, uh, the Roadrunner with the coyote kind of thing, and there'd be this moment where there'd be a box with TNT, and the box would blow up, and coyote would be affected, and, and yet he'd be back the next episode. Kind of strange. This kind of power, this kind of dynamite, if, if you see that in the word, right, it's derived from the word dunamis, this is miraculous, this is extraordinary, this is life-changing, life-altering, is going to be the power for them to do what at least seems maybe to them as an impossible task. And it is to, to go and to share this message to the whole world. And so it's a big thing. But here's the dunamis. Here's the power. Now, I want to talk about Jesus for a second because if there is one person who has walked on the face of the earth that exhibited power, it was Jesus. And one of the main teachings of the Christian faith is that Jesus is fully God and fully man. And it's a mystery. We, we can't quite explain it, um, but it's, it is. It's, it's not like he was 50% God or 50% man. It wasn't like he was 80% God and 20% man. He was 100% God and 100% man. But the one thing we do know, and that is evident in every aspect of his life, is that this Jesus, he lived by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we could look at every incident of his life and we see the evidence of this spirit, this power, this dunamis being, being through Jesus. Now from the very beginning, example, we can go to uh, the Jesus and, and Mary and the Holy Spirit and here's the angel talking about that. This is the angel talking to Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. We profess this as Christians in the creed, right? Conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and then we keep going on with the story, but conceived, started, the Holy Spirit and Mary, and all of a sudden we have Jesus, fully God, fully man. And then we go a little bit further and we, we find now Jesus uh, coming to the Jordan River, this is after the uh, kind of the start of all these things. And, and remember John the Baptist seeing Jesus and saying, hey, look, the, son, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then we find Jesus being baptized. It says, the heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. And we see together this trinity, right? The Holy Spirit in the form of the dove. God the Father speaking about his pleasure in this, in this man and Jesus himself. And it was right after that that we see Jesus starting out. And remember, his start was pretty rough in the beginning. Here he is having fasted for 40 days. He is in a very vulnerable state. 
And all of a sudden, Satan takes him to the wilderness. And he tempts him with three things. And each of, each of the times, Jesus was able to stand firm because he was full of the Holy Spirit. And then we go from Luke 4, 1 to 2, just a, a couple more verses ahead to verse 18. And this is where Jesus, beginning his ministry, opening the scroll of Isaiah, he is now going to be speaking about the Messiah and about himself as one. And it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free. And just think of what follows that. How many stories do we have, in example, in, in the Gospel of Luke or the other Gospels where we have this Jesus healing a blind person? Or somebody who was captive by a demon being released. Or people who had a checkered past and maybe doubts about the future. And he comes in, he steps into their life, and he, by the power of the Holy Spirit, turns their world upside down. The Samaritan woman at the well. The woman that was caught in adultery and was going to be stoned to death. Zacchaeus, the tax collector, so short in stature and also not viewed upon very well from the world, going to have lunch with him. I mean, the story goes on and on. This Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, was doing fantastic things. And did the disciples get it? I'm not so sure. So we're coming back to the text from Acts chapter 1. They have watched Jesus for three years. They've seen him do the unthinkable, raising the dead, healing the sick, addressing the Pharisees with such wisdom and power. And then they go like this. Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? I mean, I, you know, we... I, Maybe you would love to see a picture of what Jesus was looking like when, when they asked the question. If it was me, after spending three years teaching, I'd go like, ugh, what are they thinking? What have, I been, what have I been preaching and teaching about? What have I shown in my actions of love? He said to them, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. And then we get back to that verse 8. But you will receive this dunamis, this power, miraculous power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That's why they needed to wait. They needed this extraordinary, miraculous power by the Holy Spirit itself so that they can do, do what they've been called to do. And here we get the calling. This is the purpose that they're, they've been called together as a, a group of disciples and followers. And there's also a plan. The purpose is for them to be a witness. Now, what does witness mean? 
I mean, I think there's two dynamics. One is a witness is where you kind of look at something and you witness an event. But I also believe it's the other side of it. Like in the court of law, when a witness needs to testify to what they have seen or experienced. These disciples, these first followers, were to witness, were to now share what they have seen. And here's where I'd like us to pause. I would like for us to put ourselves in the place of those disciples. And when Jesus comes to you and me in the midst of our, our humanity, in the midst of our stupid questions, he comes and says, I'm going to give you power to be my witnesses. And what do we ultimately witness? And I'm going to make it very simple so we don't have to have it complicated. We get to witness to this world that Jesus is Lord. An example. What we do can witness that Jesus is Lord. What we don't do can also witness to Jesus is Lord. Where we go can witness that Jesus is Lord, and where we don't go can witness to our Lord. Where we spend our money on can witness that Jesus is Lord, and where we don't spend our money on can witness that Jesus is Lord. What we think about, what we ponder on, can be a witness that Jesus is Lord, and also what we don't fantasize about or think about can witness that Jesus is Lord. You see, that Holy Spirit is a gift that God has given to people like you and me because without it, we would be just like the disciples, wayward and wondering and, and not certain of what we should be doing and what is the power and what is the purpose and what is this plan. But that Holy Spirit comes to remind us some very important things. And let me just share with you the three. Number one, the mission. And I put in, in the parentheses there, his mission. It is under his sovereign rule. I have a friend of mine who has a ministry where he goes around the country and he, he talks about um, this mission of Jesus. And he paints a picture that I think is beautiful and wonderful. You see, the mission of Jesus has been going on for 2,000 years. It's just going. It's going to go until he comes again. That's the mission. It's, it's happening. And we are invited to step into the mission of what's already happening now. And I like that. And we have a God, and if you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about what does sovereign mean. It's God working his will in the midst of all kinds of circumstances. He is all-powerful. He is all-loving. He is all-knowing. He is doing his thing, and he is changing lives. And we are invited just like the disciples 2,000 years ago, to step into this mission by the power of the Holy Spirit and to be part of this purpose and plan. Secondly, we're told that it is kingdom expansion. And here's where I want to just challenge you and me. 
I remember early on when I was 17 and my life was turned upside down, I had a hard time going to bed at night wondering about people who didn't know Jesus and if they would die, they would not, they would not know him. And I would rearrange my life and my schedule to be more zealous, to be more passionate, to have more fervor for the lost. And I have to say that now today I'm a little different. And I'm praying again for that kind of passion. Because lost people matter to God. And he doesn't want anyone to be lost forever. And I'm praying that God would rearrange my heart and my life, my schedule, and yours as well. Because kingdom expansion is God's desire. And then thirdly, it is for all nations. I don't know what you hear when you see those words. But for me, it is Jerusalem. Yes, it's close by us. It is Judea, a bigger scope. And it's Samaria, yeah, even those people that are a little different than us. But it's also to the ends of the earth. Now, are we ready to pray, Lord, you just take me wherever you want me to go? Are we ready? Again, that's why the Holy Spirit, that's why the Holy Spirit's been given. So we would, we would have that perspective and vantage point and passion and desire to be willing. Because really, this entire world needs to know what this theme we've been talking about for some time that we are never alone, that he loves us with an everlasting love, that he died and rose again so that we can have forgiveness and life in him. May we have that passion, and may it be all to the glory of Jesus. Amen.
power is at work within us is able to do far beyond all we can ever ask or imagine. To Him be glory in the church, both now and forevermore. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you that you hear our prayers, that you are with us. Prayers for Eros, prayers for a sheriff's wife, prayers for the situation I put myself into, prayers for Brad Wangler in June will be three years since he got shot, prayers for peace that the day is good for him, prayers for my friend that might move back to Florida. Prayers for Chris Robbins' back to feel better and the pain to be released. Prayers for JC and his family. A prayer of thanksgiving for my son who's doing well and has a full-time job. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done for him. Prayer requests for Steve Torek and the family who lost their mother yesterday to an illness. Comfort in this time of grieving. Prayers for my new granddaughter and her parents. Prayers for a friend's family as they prepare to bring their baby girl home through adoption. She was born on Friday and had some hurdles to overcome before they were discharged. The baby and mom are doing well. We thank you, Lord. Prayers and blessings for our family and friends. Prayers of comfort and peace for a friend who is grieving a miscarriage. Prayers for my stepdaughter who is going through severe depression right now. She lost her job and is in danger of losing her house while waiting for unemployment. Prayer, Lord, that as we work our way through the fourth year of our dad's passing, that her mother may find herself again and that she can find the strength to live a full, active, healthy life without our dad. Lord, thank you for all you've done for me and my family. Please continue to watch over and protect us. Guide us down the path you have chosen for us. Prayers for my mom, Melanie. She became ill and back in the hospital after a surgery she had. Lord be with her. Prayers for my angel, organ donor, as it has been five years since they blessed me with a renewed life. Prayers for my new business that God may bless it and I can use it to bring glory to his name. Lord, please heal all those who are hurting. Give us all strength and take away our fears. Fill us all in all our relationships with all your love and bring us closer to you. Thank you for your eternal love and forgiveness. Prayers for a family member dying from a brain tumor. We ask you, Lord, for comfort in time of need. Prayers for my grandma Jenny and Gibbon so that she doesn't get too lonely during this time. Prayers for those experiencing anxiety during this time of so many unknowns. Give them peace, Lord. Prayers for a teen mom whose baby passed away in Uterian. Comfort for her and her family. Prayers for a falling out with a friend. Lord, we pray that we will be able to reunite and talk again. 
Prayers for my mom who was diagnosed with the coronavirus. Prayers for Papa Gary. Lay your healing hands on his leg so that it doesn't get infected and that it heals smoothly and properly. Continued prayers for John Rayet and Luann Bender with their battles with cancer. Father, we just thank you for all the prayers that have been brought to you, to you this morning, the ones unspoken and spoken. Father, you know all that's on our hearts as we uh, are gathered here together from different locations and homes. We just thank you, Lord, that uh, you are with us, each and every one of us, wherever we may be. We just thank you. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's join together as the family of God and profess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And again, thankful for all of you for joining us together today. We do have a couple announcements. Greg, what do you have to announce? Uh, first of all, we have a new disciple launch tonight at 7 p.m. We'll be meeting through Zoom. Um, this is an opportunity for anyone who's new to 1C or who has been around for a while that would like to learn more about who we are as a church, uh, what we believe, our history, our mission. Um, takes about an hour and a half or so, and it's a casual conversation. Love to have you join us for that. If you'd like to learn more, you can register um, online through our website, 1cchurch.com. Click on Next Steps and then register for an event or class. Or you can also find the link on Facebook or on um, our Weekly Happenings email. Wonderful. Also, as I mentioned in the sermon, we are planning on May 31st being a, I'm calling it a welcome home. Um, and we're going to be gathering here. More details are going to be sent out through Facebook, through email, through text. I'm trying to think what else we're going to do. We're going to do a, a video and we're going to explain some of the things we're going to be doing to get ready for us to gather together here. Uh, there are some guidelines that we're following from East Central Health Department. And we just want to, again, be good neighbors and careful and loving neighbors to people who come. So please, please, please be looking for emails and other ways of information so that you can come and be a part of worship together here. Uh, that's it for now, but I do want to give you now this blessing that comes from God himself 
to people like you and me. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
Go in peace.